I'm Nancy Showalter, and you're listening to Spirituality for the Politically Incorrect podcast. Welcome, all radical paradigm shifters and creative change makers. You who dare to create a better life and a better world, tap into the power that resides within you and use that power for constructive change. Hello, everybody, and welcome to part two, what happens when I die and how can I prepare? We're here again with Reverend Carl Showalter. We talked last week about what happens when you die, and we'll continue that discussion, but we also want to cover this week how we can prepare for our transition or the transition of a loved one. And you don't have to be a senior citizen to be thinking about these things because we never know when our time on earth might come to a close. So spiritual preparation is always in order. So Carl, welcome again. Thank you. It's good to be here. And I know you've held classes for seniors and have counseled all age levels who are facing potential death. I guess the first thing we can say is that there really is no such thing as death as in the cessation of being, just a transition from the physical to the spiritual. It's really a matter of getting your mind in the right order. I have talked to people after they have passed on, and constantly they say, it is so beautiful, everything is fine. They are so happy to be released from the bondage here. So you say, how do we prepare for this? Well, first of all, I think we need to go over and over and over and over again. The story, you don't know when you make that transition. You, it, it, it is just as normal and natural afterwards as it is before. You may not have the pain in the physical bodies, but you are totally free. You can talk, you can think, you can, you can be aware of people, uh, and so on. So how do you prepare for something like this? Basically, we start out by saying, okay, um, death, there is no such thing. It's somebody uh, thinking in terms of what they don't know about, and they're afraid. But when you understand that life is just like you have it right now. You just close your eyes and leave your body. You do it every night. And so basically we have to start going over and over again because they can say, I say, how are you? And they say, scared to death. Well, great, let's talk about it. Until they get it into their consciousness enough that they can actually respond to it. So there are several good things that we really really want to deal with. Attachment is one. You cannot go on if you are totally attached. You you know you've heard of ghosts and you've heard of, of people who keep appearing or you feel their presence after they left. They're crying, they're doing all kinds of stuff. It's only because they're out of alignment where they cannot, at this point, see that. But when we start working with detachment, your kids, 
People don't want to leave because of their children. Yeah, but there's no choice. You, you must leave. So get it in your mind right now that you're going to start detaching, detaching, detaching. I think we talked a little bit uh, last time about you don't take it with you. Whatever you are spiritually thinking, your thoughts, your attitude, your feelings, these are what goes with you when you go across. And so when you start making arrangements, um, making a will, making sure the kids are all taken care of, um, what are you going to do with the, with your house? Uh, what do you want them to do with the house, etc.? These are the kind of things you want to get detached so that when you leave, you don't have a lot of, of uh, feelings uh, following you. Oh, I wish mom was here. I wish, wish I knew what she would have done, all this stuff. Mom, be ready to go. Have everything arranged. Now sit down with your kids. Talk about your time is coming close. Do they have any questions, etc.? If you're ill, if you're sick, um, you need to even take a look at this because it won't be long until you'll be released of this. But you need to have that in your mind so that you don't carry that, that concern over uh, on the other side. Yeah, and from your experience, what, how have you um, worked with people who were, say, in hospice so they knew you know, the end was coming? And but they're very, very scared. Uh, again, I remember one situation where uh, every time I'd walk in the hospital, the first five or six times, how are we doing today? I'm scared to death. Okay, let's talk about it. By the time I went over this, the story, what's, what's going to happen? The moment you make the crossing, you will be taken by an angel or by... Uh, a loved ones, uh, or from Jesus or uh, Mother Mary, you'll be taken to a building like, and you will go into this room, and they will flash on the wall your whole life, and you'll get a chance to see where you failed and where you where you were right on, etc., etc. And so I, I go over this every time. This is what's going to happen. You have no problems. You won't be alone. You'll be met at, at the crossing, if you want to say it that way. And they'll take you right where you want to go. So when they have a lot of fear, to me, it's, it's, it's a matter of making clear over and over again because uh, they have made a deep mental pattern of being fearful you don't know what's on the other side mm, but right. once once you are able to start breaking through that the fear starts going away and then if you can help them to see that mother mary or jesus or somebody will come and talk to you about this whole thing before you make your crossing from the other side i've seen this so often you start the expectation so that then it can be fulfilled. Well, and this is why the Ascended Masters have told us, they recommend that we have a relationship with many Masters, but 
just even one in particular that you resonate with, whether it's Jesus Christ, whether it's Mother Mary, whether it's Saint Germain, whether it's Archangel Michael, you know, an angel, whatever, someone who's already achieved what you're trying to achieve, meaning the ascension. They've already, they don't have to come back. They've already united with their God presence. They have their permanent identity in God and they evolve from there. And then we know many of the ascended masters work with the earth and they want to help the victory of the souls here and the planet as a whole. So to develop a relationship with one of the masters who are at the level of the Christ, which is your true identity. It's our, it's who we are. We are sons and daughters of God. And so when we can raise to that level, that rise to that level of our own Holy Christ self within us, then we can be in an even closer relationship with those who already are the Christed ones. And Jesus Christ, of course, was our, our amazing and perfect example of what it means to be the Son of God. And this is one of the things that I, I would deal with in a class. I would lead them in meditation where you would see Jesus come. You would feel him. You would sense the energies over you. You actually begin to see through his eyes as because you are now, he's now inside and so on. And we would work with this, uh, trying to move toward the spiritual understanding and experience away from the physical. Now, this is very important. So what are some of the things you did cover with the seniors in your classes? Well, we would cover about sin. What have you done in the past that still bugs you? Where have you been that uh, hurt by or something like this? And how do we release this so that it does not get in the way from our thrust uh, across on the other side? We talked about love as being the basic vibration of God and how we must become that as much loving as possible and we would look at resentments and hurts. Again, this is where detachment comes in, where you learn to let go of all of these things that are heavy upon you. Right, you know? forgiveness, basically. Forgiveness, exactly. You, you think for- of for- forgiveness as forgiving, giving it up. Forgiveness helps you more than, than the other party, actually. Oh, absolutely. So it doesn't help you to hold on to these energies or painful experiences. Right. And I, th- I think one must also deal with his feelings about his family. Uh, do you have faith that they can make it on their own? Are you concerned or worried that uh, they're not, they're not going to be able to make it? Uh, all of this needs to be talked about and discussed. In order to be really detached you have to have your will worked out and say, okay, this is, this is what I would like whenever it goes, whatever I right, go. Right, right. And you know, there's the other side of the coin. Maybe you're not the one dying, but maybe it's one of your loved ones. Maybe it's a parent or a spouse or a child that is dying. So all of this teaching also applies to that situation. Oh, absolutely. And it's important that the individual who is passing on feels your support, 
but also knows you're willing to release them. Because we know many times loved ones can be at the bedside of someone who is passing on. They may not even be conscious, but they don't actually leave until those loved ones either say, it's okay, you can leave, mom, dad, it's okay, we're going to be fine. Or they leave the room. I know in the case of my father's passing, which was just very recent at the age 97, uh, my sister was with him and her daughter, and they knew he was passing on, and they were with him supporting Finally, they said, well, we're going to go get something to eat because they hadn't eaten in a long time in the hospital there or the nursing home. And while they stepped out, he left because sometimes people want to do that on their own, just be by themselves. That's detachment. Right. And that's so important because if you if you don't want to leave or the kids are saying, oh, mom, don't go. Oh, mom, don't go. I can't say how hard that is, makes that for, for the them. soul, that's right. It, it is something where you really need to say, okay, gang, let's get the, everybody together. And how do you feel about this? And how do you release your mom so that she can go in peace and, and so on? Right. Yes, it's very, very important um, to be on both sides of that coin to understand the spiritual teaching with transition. Now, that doesn't make it any easier sometimes. The loss of of a spouse or a child or even a parent, it it doesn't make it any easier. There is a grieving process, and we don't deny that. But ultimately, we know the reality. But sometimes passing that, in fact, most of the time, passing on is harder for the ones left than the one leaving. That's right. Because they're going to their freedom, you know, to to whatever level they're going to be. You hear stories every now and then. Somebody's drowning, and what goes through their mind why they're they're at that point? Well, God bless my family. God bless. It looks like I'm going, and there's no fear. But mm-hmm. um, and we need to see this in, in a in a way in which, okay, the person leaving has to have it well enough in mind so that if if a child can't stand the thought of you leaving, you can bless them and really talk to them right, about Right, and help them. Yeah. If they know you, you know, especially if, if, if it's a young chi- younger child and, and the parent is not really elderly. I mean, we know, all know that elderly people are going to pass on eventually. It's sometimes very challenging when it's someone who's not elderly and you think oh my gosh you know they're leaving at such a young age or a child leaving at at such a young age but these things are challenging and difficult but if you're the one leaving I just recently saw a little film of a woman who was only 40 years old had serious cancer she had a son and her husband and she was dying and she knew that she was very sensitive to it she could tell that she was getting closer and closer, even though you know she wasn't even totally bedridden. She was conscious, but she could tell. And she actually called all her friends and family together, and they had the celebration of life before she left. And so they celebrated her life. Everybody gave her this support and love. But all the time she was talking to her son 
and saying how what's going to happen and no matter what they're connected spiritually she will always be in his heart and he was so well prepared for this he was so well prepared and children are very adaptable if we give them the right environment so she had this celebration of life and literally two days later she was gone she said i felt it was coming soon yeah there was a teacher she was a rather young teacher but she had cancer and when she came close to the end she was one that would say i'm scared to death you know but as she came to the end and she had gone through this experience with mother mary she called her students and the whole class went over and it was very moving she would say something like um well, you know, I'm going to be up there, and if you need some help, you just call me. I will be there. You know, It was right. a great preparation. Right, right. And it's so helpful to those left behind, especially younger folks, children and such. You know. Right. I just want to say, if you are in a situation and you're, you, you are able to be with a person when they're leaving, if you could put your seat at the base, at the feet, and watch at the head because what happens is the energy, the spiritual energy, leaves first from the extremities. Your feet, your legs, it comes mm. up to the head and it comes up to your arms. People say, my feet are cold or, you know, when this is happening. You'll be able to see the light of the soul mm-hmm. uh, gathering around the head. And it's it's really... A, a, an exciting situation where you see uh, two balls of light come and join with this and the three take off. It is a very beautiful experience to see uh, this happen. Right, and, and a lot of people on a spiritual path who have prepared for this do observe this. Yes. When, when someone is passing, someone close to them or, or whatever. It can be a great comfort to people, to the ones left. And, of course, you can see what's happening with the one leaving. So that that's really great. I'd like to just touch real quick on what the Ascended Masters recommend that we do after one has made their transition with the physical body. You want to talk about the withdrawing of the light and the anointing? Yes. They would suggest that you hold off 72 hours, three days, so that the person is totally, totally detached from his body. Some of the laws in our states demand that it be that you cremate the body within 24 hours. It's too close. But if you can go um, 48 hours to 72 hours, put them on ice, and then have the, the cremation. At the cremation, you should draw the energy uh, out the feet and the and the head, so the leader uh, would actually make the calls for the energies, all the light of the, that was in that body yet be be brought out and returned to the soul. Right. And, so it's just a gradual transition of all the energy in the physical cells of the body to be withdrawn. It happens eventually, but we can help that along so that the soul can be completely detached from the body before it's tampered with, if that's necessary. Right, and the masters recommend cremation because 
we are still that that's part of our energy and we still have to claim that energy and so they recommend that we transmute that energy right away and release the light from any physical form rather than taking you know forever to disintegrate because you're in the still earth. attached to those bodies well because right it's they were part of you at one point yeah and and so that's why cremation is recommended rather than trying to preserve the body you know indefinitely but anyway there's some other subjects that would be really good to talk about and that's there's this push now for assisted suicide for euthanasia And this is a very challenging problem because some people, they're just depressed at the end of their life. They don't want to live on. They think, you know, I just want to get out of here. I have no use. Others maybe be suffering from an illness that's painful. Hopefully they can get help, you know, with the modern medicine we have now. But we need to look at this from a spiritual perspective. Pain or suffering or any time in our life. But especially at the end of life, sometimes that particular situation is actually helping transmute some karma that the, that the soul can finish off and then take off and go to a higher level. Yes, when we think in terms of when am I going to go, the Bible talks about for every man there's a time, time to be born, a time to die, a time to be this and time to that. So we have our time to go. We can push ahead of that and pay the price for it because if you cause it beforehand, you're not ready to to move into that higher frame of reference. You may have to come back and redo that lifetime. We really need to see that you cross over. Suppose I kill somebody and I cross over. I have to then deal with that soul in another lifetime. Therefore, if I took his life, I will be in a situation where he or some some situation will come up so that I have to give my life. And as you begin to catch all of these innuendos, you see why it's, it's better if you go when it's your time to go. You talked about your father a little bit ago. We choose to go sometimes alone because of the pull from each other. A person will wait until a son comes home to say goodbye. But then that son goes, goes out the door and he's gone. Right. And so this happens often because the pull, the emotional pull that's there, they, they don't have that when the, right. the, the family's not and, there. And sometimes you just... In my, in my mom's case, I mean, I can look at that. She, you know, she was in a nursing home, and, you know, we'd visit all the time and see her, and she wasn't sick. She had a bit of dementia. She recognized us, but, you know, she still had some dementia. But one day, without being sick, she wasn't on her deathbed. One day, she stays up till 2 o'clock in the morning talking to everybody, just having a great time. She goes to bed. They check on her a couple hours later. She's fine. Two more hours, gone. Gone. She just left. And, and we always laughed because she says, well, that's how she did, did things when she was ready. She just did it. And none of us were with her. feel a little bad about that. But then on the other hand, when you tune into her spiritually, she was on a spiritual path. She knew. 
and you could you could feel she's she's gone she's happy she's fine she lets you know that and um that's just how she chose to do it you know the early christians used to celebrate at a at a funeral they would have their big parties and dance and so on celebrating the life of the person once you understand what what it is all about it becomes a a release of a, of right a and and when you really take a step back and look at it, it it's quite funny and strange that we would be so emotionally distraught when an elderly person passes on because it's not like we don't know this is going to happen it's going to happen to all of us. I mean, the old saying, "There's none of us is going to get out of this alive. <laughs> and so we're all going to move on. So it's not a big mystery. It's not, you know, it's a shock just because of the absence of a sudden absence of someone. I guess some of the Eskimos, when that comes their turn, they just walk out of the igloo and start walking until they freeze to death. Right, and a lot of Native cultures do that. They go into the woods Mm -hmm. when they know it's their time, Yeah, and they simply, they just don't come back. That's right. So, I mean, there's many, many different cultures have many different concepts about death and about passing on, and some cultures don't view it exactly like the Western cultures do. When we consider that we've been around for a million years, that we were created many, many, many years ago, (laughs) And we have reincarnated thousands of times. This should not be a problem because of of the ability to pull that shade so I don't remember my past life. That gives me freedom to deal with this life. But at the same time, as we start stretching our conscious awareness to to a cosmic consciousness, then this this changes everything. Yes, and back to this end-of-life, assisted suicide, euthanasia. One way to avoid possible painful death is how we live. So in other words, if we are to stay as close to the natural laws of health and wholeness as we can to keep the body healthy and whole till the very end, and also the spiritual tools that we have, this is why we do the violet flame. Because if you listen to previous uh, podcasts, the violet flame is that frequency that you can transmute energy. You can transmute karma without living through it, without even knowing necessarily. So you can keep yourself, quote, clean physically and spiritually, as clean and pure as you can in this world today. And avoid hopefully some of these very painful experiences at the end of life so we we have to take care at both the physical and the spiritual level and we talk about that in these classes that i had Uh, we would go through that we would go through guilt feelings we would go through harsh feelings resentful or resentful feelings everything that would be on the negative side we we need to understand that our ascension can happen with 51% of our karma balanced. And therefore, when we do our violet flame, we should be also concerned about transmuting all the energy back in other lifetimes. That of course, right. Because we carry that karma from lifetime to lifetime. Yeah. Well, very good. I think there's a couple of resources that I'd like to share with folks. Of 
dear friend of ours has just recently released a book called Our Magnificent Afterlife Beyond Our Fondest Dreams. This is by David Lundberg. C. David Lundberg, L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G. You can get this on Amazon. This was such a well-researched book. He goes into all of the various aspects of death from people who've gone and come back, people who are over there, you know, all kinds of angles on death. It's very, very good book. We highly recommend that. Also, there's a movie that's been out for a while called Astral City. And this movie, obviously it's a movie, so we can't say every single detail in the movie was accurate because you know how they make movies. But it it does come from a book. And this was a story of a, a gentleman who passed on and who went to higher realms, first ended up into the confusing realm, which you see, and then he goes to the next level up higher. And he ultimately has his own conversion transition into a higher consciousness. And he connects back to a famous medium in Brazil. And this man records his story. And so that's what this movie's about. So there's a lot of things in the movie that are really based on spiritual principles. Like I say, every little detail and drama point, we don't know. But very, very good to to observe that too, to get a, a different perspective, a more spiritual perspective on transition and what happens. So thank you very much, Carl, for being here. In my pleasure. We really appreciate it. And our next episode next week, We'll be dedicating the entire episode to practical spiritual tools that we've not covered so far. Tools you can use in your daily life. I have a special guest and you won't want to miss this. So please do join us. Until then, keep an open mind, a generous heart, and a powerful spirit. I'm Nancy Showalter, and you've been listening to Spirituality for the Politically Incorrect. Thank you for being with me today. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. And to follow more of my work, visit me at nancyshowalter.com.